Turn with me to Proverbs 14 and verse 8. Proverbs 14, verse 8. Um, as we think about making good choices or making bad ones in this case, uh, I want to share this story with you. Um, this man is applying for his insurance claim. And uh, he says, you said in your letter that I should explain more fully, and I trust the following details will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had 500 pounds of bricks left over. Rather than carrying the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which fortunately was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the brick into it. Then I went back down to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. Uh, you will notice in block number 11 of the accident reporting form that I weigh 135 pounds. Uh, due to my surprise at being jerked from the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rather rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull and broken collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. Fortunately, by that time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of the bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed approximately 50 pounds. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the lacerations of my legs and lower body. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of bricks, and fortunately only three vertebrae were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in some pain, unable to stand and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind, and I let go of the rope. So making bad choices uh, there... Uh, sometimes we, I mean, we all have had those experiences of making choices that we regret. Uh, sometimes those have, have re, resulted in, in a stubbed toe or something like that. Other times it's more serious, and, and our choices will actually sever a relationship or uh, bring pain to our lives or, or consequences to our lives. Um, the scripture that we're going to look at tonight talks about the importance of choosing God's way. And uh, we need to choose God's way, and choosing God's way means we need to make consistently good choices in our lives. Because as you make consistently good choices, you form habits, and your habits ultimately result in the destination of your life. And so, um, this scripture tells us about making good choices and choosing, specifically choosing God's way over the way of the world. And so we need to choose God's way. The title of my message is Choosing a Better Way. 
And look with me at verse 8 of the scripture, and it says, The sensible person's wisdom is to consider his way, but the stupidity of fools deceives them. Fools mock at making reparation, but there is goodwill among the upright. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no outsider shares its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, a heart may be sad and joy may end in grief. The disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves, and a good one what his deeds deserve. So choosing a better way. Why should we choose God's way? Well, Because when we choose God's way, we will have his understanding. His understanding. Uh, verse 8 talks about the sensible person's wisdom is to consider his way, but the stupidity of fools deceives them. Uh, literally, the stupidity of fools is deceit. In other words, they're deceiving themselves and they're deceiving other people because they don't want to believe the truth. Uh, verse 9 says, fools make a mock at making reparation. Literally, uh, the word here is a word for the, the Hebrew word for guilt offering, and sometimes it's translated guilt. Uh, they make a mockery at guilt. We have some who do that today. I was listening to somebody this afternoon who was talking about those who say that guilt is a psychological disorder. No, guilt is the result of violating the conscience that each of us has within from God. Um, but fools also make a mock of guilt offerings. Uh, the guilt offering was an offering whereby you, you made a sacrifice for something that you had done wrong, but you would also make reparation to someone. If you had stolen something, you would repay uh, according to the stipulations of the, of the law. And, uh, and so it was, it was a word, it's kind of a colorful word. Uh, fools despise and mock these things, but righteous people value these things. And if you look at the second part of verse 9, it, it's, my translation says there is a goodwill among the upright, or there is favor among the upright, or favor for the upright. There's, one of the problems with, with this verse is it's, it's actually uh, very brief. Some of the words are there, you're supposed to supply the verb, and so uh, these, uh, these uh, in the original. And so um, there's, you probably have a variety of translations here of this scripture. But uh, one possible translation that actually goes really well with verse 8 and is kind of one of the words is a sister word. The other word is actually used in verse 8. But it says, and the understanding of the upright is a delight. So fools, they mock at sacrifice. Jesus is our guilt offering. They mock Christ. They reject Christ. They reject the wisdom of God. But righteous people benefit from it and they experience God's favor through the grace of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. But not only that, it opens a whole new world of understanding. Because when the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell within your heart, uh, he opens your eyes to spiritual things. The Bible says in the New Testament, the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. 
but the spiritual man understands all things. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God comes in and he helps us to understand and grow in our understanding. And that understanding becomes a delight to the person who has walked with God. I want to tell you something. God's word uh, is a delight to my soul. I was listening to somebody preach this afternoon about uh, the grace of God. And uh, he, he was talking about uh, uh, one of the gifts you could give God at Christmas was to give God your past. And then he started talking about that and how God wants your past. He doesn't want you worrying about it. He doesn't want you fretting over it. He doesn't want you living in guilt. Once you confessed and repented of that, it's in the past. He wants you to give the past to the Lord Jesus Christ. How can that happen? There's only one way, and that is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And as we begin to understand uh, that God has clothed us in his righteousness, it becomes a delight to our soul. Isn't it a wonderful thing? to be under the blood of Jesus, to be uh, recipients of his great grace. Fools may mock at these things, but we who know him recognize the preciousness of these things. And as we grow in his understanding, as we walk with him and make good choices in our lives, we'll grow in that understanding and the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to further truth and further delight in that truth. Um, so we grow in understanding. Um, in, other, in, in order to grow in understanding, you need an input of truth, right? It, 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 the same thing applies in your job. If you're, if you're working a job and you're trying to get better at the skill of your craft and whatever you're doing, um, you may read books about it or you may read technical manuals about it to grow in understanding so you can be better at what you're doing. The same thing is true in the Christian life. Our manual is the Word of God. And as we receive the Word of God, we grow in our understanding. Fools despise wisdom. Some, some in the world despise wisdom, but others just ignore it. Others ignore God's wisdom. There, uh, somebody once said the attendance at church is up and down. They're up at the mountains and down at the lake. Uh, and that is often very true. Uh, but, but there's something very sobering about that, and that is the fact that those who ignore the wisdom of God miss out on the delight of his understanding. And uh, I can't think, the riches of God's word, not only is it, is it wonderful to know, but it is truly life-altering. Uh, as you receive the word of God, it not only changes your life, but it changes how you relate to other people. So it blesses people in your family. It blesses lost people that you know who you talk to about Jesus Christ. It blesses other people that you come across in your day-to-day -day life as you talk with them about the things of God. And God uses you. His Spirit is upon you. Uh, all of this comes about through His understanding. So it's a delight to us in that it becomes a tool by which God can use us. To bless others. And so in choosing a better way, one of, the, one of the things we've got to choose is to be in God's word. And we've got to choose consistently to make it a part of our life. Daily in our quiet time with him. Uh, regularly uh, by coming and gathering together with God's people so that God can speak into our lives. Uh, I had a pastor friend who told me, somebody came up to him after church and said, Pastor, you need to preach a series on this. And he told him what it was. And 
He said, I did preach on it last Sunday, and you weren't here. So, see, he missed out on the understanding he was seeking. So, uh, make that choice to regularly be in God's Word and to delight in the things of God. And the investment that you make in God's Word is one of the best investments you'll ever make. So, choosing a better way, first of all, why should we do it? Because we are blessed with His understanding. Thirdly, or secondly, we are blessed with His joy. Look at verse 10. It said, the heart knows its own bitterness, and no outsider shares in its joy. Now, it is true that every human being experiences some bitterness of the soul. It's true. And we all will experience a measure of joy at some point in our life. But only people who choose God's way experience the supernatural joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. And he says, he says here, uh, no outsider shares in its joy. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Love, joy, and there's others as well. But, but those two are at the very beginning. Joy is a fruit of the presence of God in your life, giving the Holy Spirit rule in your life and letting Him live His life through you. It brings the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, this joy we experience. Have you ever wished that you could open your heart and let lost people see the joy of knowing Jesus? It's something I can't put into words. I mean, I can tell people, yes, God's given me a new joy. He's given me a new purpose and some of these things. Uh, it almost sounds, it, it's a wonderful thing, but it almost sounds like a cliche sometimes, right? We've, we've heard it so much in the church. But the fact is, it's a reality. And I've often wished I could just open my heart. People don't know what they're missing. As we choose God's way, we experience His joy. Uh, I, I remember hearing a story about this lady who uh, was saved in the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And uh, uh, she... she uh, had gone through a rape, and, and the, they were talking about how she, she was just grieved and, and struggling with this situation in her life, but that uh, over time, she had begun to sing in the choir, and over time, God changed this grief into his joy, and how she would just sing with joy and worship God. Listen, this is something supernatural. This is something only God can do. Um, but when we choose his way, it opens up the, the opportunity for us to experience his joy. So, uh, choosing a better way, why should we do it? Because uh, when we do it, we're blessed with his understanding. Secondly, his joy. Thirdly, his fruit. His fruit. Look at verse 11. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Literally, the Hebrew says, will sprout. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense just on the surface. A house sprouting? Uh, what, what does that mean? Uh, but it speaks of the fruitfulness that comes not only to the righteous person who chooses God's way, but even to their family members. 
family members, not that family members are saved because of somebody else in the family. That you, you have to be saved for yourself. But you can experience some blessings due to a righteous person in your family. For example, Abraham, right? God made promises to Abraham. Every Jewish person that's ever lived is a beneficiary of those promises in some degree. Those who know Christ in full degree, okay, they, they are experiencing those blessings. But uh, just simply because they're part of Abraham. You remember uh, what God said to the descendants of David who were ruling on the throne. Some of them were wicked. And God would say, I have, I have delayed my judgment against you because of my servant David. You see, they were blessed because of this righteous person uh, in, in their family. So the house of the upright, the tent of the upright, will flourish, will sprout this fruitfulness. Now, that's bearing the fruit of the Spirit, obviously. If you're, if you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. As you're walking with God, you'll bear the, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, there'll be a fruitfulness to your life in terms of your service for God. But it's not just limited to that. Uh, Proverbs teaches that the natural result of following God's way is that it blesses you in every facet of your life. Financially. You say, well, I'm following Jesus and I don't have any money. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, God, God knows where we are and he knows what we can handle and all of those things. Uh, uh, we'll definitely be blessed someday, right? We're going to walk on streets of gold. Uh, I like uh, what, a, what a Christian brother said. He said, uh, up there, gold is so common, we use it to pave streets with. You know? And uh, uh, the wealth that we'll have in heaven will be amazing. But, but when you follow God's principles in finances, you'll be better off than the person who doesn't. You learn to, to save your money rather than blow it all. When crisis comes, guess what? You've got something there in your bank account. Or you learn about being generous. You learn about sharing with others, and God begins to bless your finances, and he supplies your need. Uh, Paul said, you've given so generously to me, and may my God supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, God is able to supply what we need. Uh, as, you learn, um, as you learn the principles of forgiveness, you're going to have a better family life. Um, some people are like uh, encyclopedias of every wrong that somebody else has done, right? But when you learn the principle of forgiveness and you begin to exercise that in your life, your relationships and your family can be mended. Because guess what? There's no perfect people. We're all flawed. We're all sinners. We're all going to hurt somebody uh, at some point or some time. Uh, and so forgiveness helps us to understand um, how to mend relationships. Uh, also, accountability. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat, right? Uh, that, you learn that in the Scripture. And it shows you how to have balance in your life. Uh, and, and so God's wisdom helps you in every facet of life. Helps you in your work, right? The soul of the diligent shall be made fat. That's one of the, the Proverbs uh, that I learned growing up. Um, the, the diligent man uh, will, will uh, 
receive all these blessings. There's so many verses in Proverbs about the diligent man. Uh, all the things he accomplishes. And, and as you're diligent in your work, you'll do a good job. And guess what? You, you probably get promoted. And uh, you say, well, I, you know, I, I don't get promoted because I don't drink with the boss. Well, if that's the case, uh, then God will bless you. God will bless you when men revile you and mistreat you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And, uh, and so uh, if you lose out on a promotion because of your godliness, God will repay you. So <clears throat> uh, the fruit of a righteous life, it, it affects every aspect of life. And then not only should we choose God's better way because we're blessed with his understanding, his joy, and his fruit, but also with his discernment. Look at verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. Did you know that sometimes there can be a way that seems right to this world, but it's a wicked way that leads to death. But there can also be a way that is righteous, but it's not the way that God has chosen for you to take. There's a lot of right things we could do, right? You remember, you remember when the, the woman with the expensive perfume, she breaks the bottle and she's, she's pouring it on Jesus' head and his, his feet and she's weeping and wiping his, his feet with her hair and just a beautiful, extravagant generosity. And the disciple, one of the disciples says, oh, this money could have been taken to feed the poor. Oh, right? He's upset. And John tells us the reason is because he held the purse and he was stealing out of the purse. But that's, a, that's another story. But uh, oftentimes, you know, there's all kinds of things we can do. Jesus said, the poor you always have with you, but you don't always have me. Was it a good thing to give to the poor? Absolutely. It was a righteous thing, a godly thing to do. But it wasn't God's will for her at that moment. God wanted her to use that in worship. And so she did. Uh, so God gives us wisdom and discernment. Now I realize uh, that probably uh, didn't alter uh, the course of a nation or anything as, in terms of significance. But sometimes our choices do have a pretty significant consequence. Um, a good consequence in the case of Paul, you remember he was planning on going to one area to minister. And God wouldn't let him go. And he has the dream about Macedonia, receives the Macedonian call, <laughs> and he chooses to go there. And how our lives have been enriched through his trip to Macedonia. We've got several books of the Bible uh, written uh, during that time period or for those people at, at certain time periods. And so uh, God has blessed us, but God also blessed, blessed the Macedonians through his work there. Uh, he blessed Paul. They were encouragement to him. They helped support him and, and, and other things. And so God just took this and he just poured out blessing upon Paul's life. But he needed the discernment to know what God's specific path was for his life at, at that particular time. And God was able to make it known to him. God can make his way known to us. And the primary way he does that is through his word. But he also leads us through his spirit. And so we can, we can pray and we can seek the Lord 
and, um, and, and God uh, oftentimes will give us a, a kind of a check. There's something, this, does, this is not right. You know, we just sense it in our spirit. Um, I remember, uh, I remember uh, Sherry and I, years ago, uh, I was pastoring my first church, and, and uh, uh, there was a pulpit committee that called me. And I had gone and, uh, to, to preach for them, and uh, it was the most awkward, miserable weekend. Uh, it was right up there with, with the weekends of my lifetime, you know, that, uh, in terms of the badness of it. We, uh, we got there. The kids were little, and so uh, we got there, and uh, the kids screamed all night. You know, we just were up, and, you know, and we got no rest. And, uh, and then uh, on the way that evening, before, before all that happened, uh, we, they took us uh, to a uh, catfish king to eat, and nobody talked to us except one person. And it was real awkward. Everybody's just kind of sitting there quietly. And then this couple comes in, they are mad. I mean, they are just spitting mad, and you can tell they've just been in a fight. And so, I, I mean, I was just wanting to saturate that place with my absence. So then they took us to the church, and they, they, they all sat on one side of the table, and they sat me and Sherry on the other side. <laughs> For the Spanish Inquisition, no, I've, uh, but uh, uh, it, it was just, it was weird. And then the next morning, I get up, and we were rushing to get to church and everything. I forgot my jacket, so Sherry's running back to get my jacket, you know, coming back. And then on the way from church, I laid my Bible on top of the car, and the Bible fell off in a ditch. So we, we, we just had a weekend, and, and, and things, you know, the tensions are, you know how it is. When you have a, a kind of a bad experience, you're, you know, it, long story short, we got in a fight. And we're, I'm sitting in the restaurant, and, you know, it takes a long time for me to, for my, my fuse to, to go off, okay? But when it does, help me, Jesus. So I, I'm fine. I, I don't care. I, I've just lost my temper, and I am just making a complete idiot of myself in the restaurant. And a man comes up, and this was outside. This was in another town, you know. And so this this man comes up. He lays a hand on my shoulder. He said, "I sure enjoyed your message, Sunday pastor." <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to crawl in a hole. <clears throat> Well, I tell you that story just to tell you that was completely different from a situation about a month later when God sent, sent me to my second church. And we met with that committee, and it just the Spirit of God just witnessed with our spirit, this is where you need to be. And, and we sense that in our hearts, and a uh, completely different experience. <laughs> and so, uh, you pray for me. But uh, anyway... Uh, God will give you his discernment if you choose to walk in his way. It's one of the blessings of walking in his way. And then finally, I want you to see, if you look in verse 14, um, it says, The disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves, and a good one uh, what his deeds deserve. Uh, literally, the Hebrew text says, From his ways... The evil man is filled, and the good man is filled. In other words, the way that he chooses to walk will have a consequence in his life. 
And so when we choose God's better way, how do we do that? Day by day, we make choices to walk in God's path. And what happens? A habit is formed. And the exciting thing about a godly habit is it produces godly fruit in our lives. And so he blesses us with his habits. So not his understanding, his joy, his fruit, his discernment, but also his habits. Godly habits are one of the most amazing blessings you could possibly have. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way at first. Uh, one habit, I use the example of scripture reading. We've talked about that. I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I was doing it purely for mercenary reasons. My dad told me he'd give me 50 bucks if I would read all the way through the Bible. And I got to Leviticus, and I was thinking, God help me. You know, I, It was hard. I, I didn't understand anything. Uh, and uh, kind of like my teenage friend, he said, he said, uh, so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. I don't even know what begat means. And, you know, he was just frustrated. But as I did that, purely for mercenary reasons, I formed a habit of being in God's Word on a daily basis. And I tell you, the fruit that has borne in my life has been such a blessing. Um, some other habits, the habit of prayer. It's a great habit to form, right? Uh, that you pray first and, and, and that you're, you're living with a mindset. If anything happens or even if I anticipate something might happen or if I need strength or if I need guidance, I immediately go to God in prayer. That's a great habit to form because what you'll do is you'll reap the benefits of having God working through you in your life and working on your behalf in your life. Um, some other habits are uh, being kind to people. One proverb says that to have friends, a man must show himself friendly. Right? What happens when you're kind to people and you love people? They tend to love you. And so you're going to have better relationships, right? So your habit of being kind, your habit of loving people, your habit of saying, I was wrong, please forgive me, is going to yield fruit in your relationships with people. And it will be a blessing to your life. And we, you could probably think of other habits. I've talk, these are some, some general habits that we could form. But as you choose to form godly habits, it will produce a godly harvest in your life. The converse is also true. If you form wicked habits, it will lead down a path of destruction. Galatians put it this way. He who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Not, not just the gift of eternal life that is something that God does at salvation, but the experience of eternal life in our day-to-day -day lives, right? The abundant life. But he who sows to the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. You can also translate that destruction. Habits make a big difference. And so as you choose consistently in your life, you choose God's way, you'll form these godly habits, and it'll bring blessing to your life. And you'll avoid a whole lot of the heartache and pain of people in this world who don't understand they need to form godly habits. And your life will be blessed as a result. Choosing a better way. Why should we choose God's way? Because we're blessed with his understanding, his joy, his fruit, his discernment, and his habits. And it will truly make a difference 
in our lives. Are you choosing consistently to follow God's way? If you are, there will be a blessing. Uh, If not, uh, this altar is open. If you're here today and you haven't made a decision um, to repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus, uh, the Bible says that, that Christ lived the perfect life we couldn't live, died the death we deserved, and rose again. And because of what he's done, if we'll repent and trust in him, he'll give us the gift of eternal life. That's the most important choice you could ever make. And that is a choice that will affect your eternal destiny. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your, for your word and for the blessing of the ability to make godly choices. God, I pray that we would choose your way and that we would live in the blessings consistently of choosing your paths for our lives. Uh, Father, help us uh, when the world disagrees with what you have to say to embrace what you have to say rather than what the world says. Help us walk according to your wisdom And uh, we'll give you the glory for it, Lord. Now help us make any decisions we need to make.